you want. Like, seriously. I mean, think about it. Or better yet, don't think. Just decide right now what it is that you want and go for it. Too often, we get handicapped by perfection or the pursuit of perfection. But fuck perfection. I mean, nothing's perfect. Make a decision. Maybe it won't be perfect, but at least it'll be something. There is a saying, paralysis by analysis, where we get stuck spinning our wheels in an effort to get more info, hear more opinions, see more evidence. You don't need that. More info is not always better. More information will sometimes only get you more information. The universe has the ability to course correct. That's the part they don't teach us in school. But no matter what choice you make, your intention is always known. And it's that energy that will take you right where you need to go. So don't obsess over perfection because it doesn't exist. So I'll ask again, what do you want? What do you want? Hey, don't tell me, (laughs) just get out there and go for it. I'm Kayana Ebony Brown, and this is a story of music and men. Meanwhile, it was clear that coffee shop guy wasn't the only thing that Ty had her eyes on, but didn't exactly know how to approach. Dr. Sterling Mayock was well known as one of the most respected doctors in the field of psychology in the DC area. He sat on numerous boards, was a member of several prestigious organizations, and even split time between his office and the George Washington University, where he also served as Dean of the Medicine and Health Sciences Department. Mayock, Singh and Associates was often whispered about among Ty's coevals as one of the most sought after places to secure a postdoc fellowship. Not only because of the level of intense training they'd become famous for, but also because of what happened once the program was complete. All of their fellows went on to do great things, write books, become keynote speakers, and eventually start their own practices, in addition to being some of the best doctors in the field. Dr. Mayock had hand-picked Ty to work with him at Mayock Singh and Associates. He worked with her and personally oversaw her career to this point. And they even shared an alma mater in Princeton, 
and often exchanged inside jokes and anecdotes about the school that only Princetonians would know. Regardless of this foot up, postdoc fellows know that securing a respectable job in their desired field after completing the fellowship can still feel next to impossible, particularly for someone who wants to stay in a specific area. So when word got around that Mayock, Singh, and Associates was expanding and would be looking for a new associate for another office in D.C., Ty immediately started positioning herself to be their next hire. Ty was used to being selected for things. Her unspoken philosophy was one where all she had to do was be the absolute best, and everything else would, of course, fall into place. People would call, doors would open, and everything would work itself out just the way it should. Because that's how it had always gone for her her entire life. She was one of three fellows in the practice, all highly educated, all equally qualified, all roughly the same age, all women. So she had spent the past 10 days putting forth her best effort in order to stand out so that she would be the one selected for the job. So tell me what happened. Exactly, her father asked. That day, Ty found out that she wasn't the one selected for the job, and she didn't exactly know how to handle this. So she needed advice, and her father was the only one in the world who could give it to her. Now, although they communicated at least several times a week, She never went to her father about things of this nature unless it was to tell him about an accomplishment. But he happened to be in town and they were meeting for dinner at a recent two Michelin star steakhouse. And so she gave him the details about what happened. She had come into work that day just as she had every other day over the past week, thinking about that job opening. Now, if she got it, it wouldn't start for another 10 months, which was when the new practice would open. But that was perfect. It would coincide with the completion of the fellowship and leave about a month or so for her to take a vacation before she started work. Now, in her mind, she was going to get this job. She had done everything she felt she needed to do in order to paint a picture of the ideal candidate. She had a few patients write favorable reviews on her behalf. She presented new ideas in the weekly meetings about how they could better serve patients using technology, which all of the partners really loved. And she made sure they saw her putting in extra hours in the evenings. But all of Ty's game planning went out the window that morning when Kimberly Smith, another one of the young doctors, walked into the break room holding an empty coffee mug. 
Now, instead of getting coffee, she immediately started a conversation with Ty that extended well past their usual morning chit-chats. So, um, I know you heard about the new practice they're opening and the job that's coming with it. Ty tried to play it cool and said, Um, yeah, I heard... Well, I know you've thrown your hat into the ring and talked to Dr. Mayock already about hiring you for it. You're his favorite and we all know it. No, I'm not his favorite. Ty tried to correct. But... Kimberly went on. No, I mean, it's cool. All the partners have their favorites. Dr. Kameen loves Madison, and I'm Dr. Singh's favorite, I think. (laughs) She added, joking. Either way, I already talked to her about it. She says she thinks I'd make an excellent choice. Now this had caught Ty off guard. She didn't expect to already be behind in a race. She didn't think anyone else was running yet. Um, well, I, I mean, I do plan to speak with him, like, this evening, Ty said. Uh, I checked his schedule, and he has an opening just before 5 today, so, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go talk to him. I'm, I'm gonna talk to him about it then. Well, good luck. Kimberly said, seemingly very genuinely. And not even two seconds after this exchange, Dr. Mayock, a tall, slender, white-haired white guy who loved vests under his blazers, walked into the room whistling. He greeted them both with a nod and a, Hello, ladies, as he headed straight toward the coffee. Um, well, Dr. Mayock, Kimberly said, meeting him at the coffee machine. Listen, um, I want to talk to you about the position at the new practice. And Ty stood there with her jaw figuratively on the floor, watching without the strength or the audacity to do anything about it, as Kimberly swooped right in and put herself in perfect position to score the job she wanted. For three straight minutes, Kimberly held her own job interview, listing her strengths and weaknesses and what opportunities and threats she could capitalize on or combat as a new member of the practice. It was flawless. And although it was obviously rehearsed, it didn't even sound like it. Dr. Mayock was stunned. But then... He looked at Ty and said, That's a pretty impressive spill, wouldn't you say, Dr. Aldrich? You have anything to add to that? He held a long gaze, hoping that Ty perhaps had something to say on her own behalf. He was actually shocked that he hadn't heard from her about interests in this job already. But... The only thing Ty could come up with to say was, Um, I think uh, Dr. Smith here is, I mean, she's a phenomenal therapist. And, I mean, like she said, she absolutely would bring a lot to the new practice. She then looked at Kimberly and forced herself to say, Good luck, um, Kimberly. I'm, I'm totally rooting for you. Dr. Mayock 
through squinted eyes, asked, Is that it, Dr. Aldrich? And Ty didn't know what else to say. She had spent a week passive-aggressively applying for this job. But sometimes, when you pass, even when it's aggressively, you get intercepted. Now, she didn't sit there and tell her dad all of this because she wanted him to do anything for her. She even started this conversation prefacing this fact because, although this didn't have anything to do with her being chosen by Dr. Mayock for the fellowship, her father and Dr. Mayock had known each other since before Ty was even born. But she actually did earn her place in the office, so she didn't want her father's friendship to be a factor in this situation. But again, she said, Daddy, I'm not telling you this because I I want you to do anything good, because I wasn't going to. Now, this response shocked her because he always wanted to do something for her in situations like this. She would have at least liked the opportunity to fight him on it this time. She then said, It's just, I feel like an elitist. I, I mean, I should have that job, and I don't know how to feel any other way. She confessed. You are an elitist. He told her, matter-of-factly, which surprised her, especially when he added, And it's my fault. This kind of thinking is formulated when you spend your entire life being chosen for things. When you're chosen, it means that somebody else was not chosen. Now here you are, up here. He explained, holding one of his hands up high. And here's other people. He held his other hand about a foot lower to show the difference. You don't think about it when you're the one being chosen. It feels good. You just start believing that you're better. That you were the one chosen simply because you're the best. He said, watching her as she digested his words while staring into her wine glass. Although she'd had these same thoughts about herself, it took hearing them from him to make them true. So you've been better than everybody your entire life. I'm sure you never actually thought this consciously, but you've been set up to believe you are because of how you were raised, the schools you went to, that y'all had to choose you to get into. Everything that you've earned up to this point has been something that's been given to you through a selection process including that fellowship you have now. So now that it's finally time for you to go out into the world, the real world, finally get a real job and start a real life, you were waiting to be selected for it. But the thing is, he said to her, in the real world, there are a lot of people who are equally qualified and often much more talented. Almost always, it comes down to the one who wants it the most. You prove that you want it by going after it. Not by sitting back and waiting for it to come to you. And that was just what Ty needed to hear. 
she could always count on Dad to give her little nuggets of wisdom like this. But she could also always expect him not to know when to stop. The girl who, um, who got that job, what's her story? Ty hid an eye roll as she revealed. She went to Dartmouth, black, same age. <laughs> so she's you. <laughs> Only she's got a job to go to in 10 months. Ty sunk into herself after he said that. Her father could be a very intense man, although he was much less hard on her than he was on her brothers. She was his princess. But he still expected the best from her, and partly because she had never given him anything less than that. He noticed and said to her apologetically, Princess, I, uh, I mean no harm. And then he teased. I mean, this is my fault. I spoiled you. Ty grimaced and looked over at him, taken aback by this statement. As she remembered how hard he made her work for everything. All those jobs she had while in school, all the volunteer work, all the things she had to do in order to, in his words, earn the life he was giving her. He had done a lot to try and build her character, but he knew there were some things that only time could build. Patience for an extremely privileged child was one of them. Sweetie, I mean, what can I do? He asked. She simply shrugged. Well, I'm gonna tell you what I think you should do. I think you should start your own practice. Dad. He interrupted her in order to finish his thought. After you earn yourself some respect and credentials, you do that by getting a job. And, you know, that may have to happen elsewhere. Another state, another city. I like it here in D.C., though. Well, D.C. will be here when you decide to come back to it. We have a place in New York. I mean, you could... Yeah, but that's not New York City. Regretting not having that driver's license now, are we? They shared a smile. Ah, listen, princess. And he sighed before he finished. (sighs) I wish I had something else to tell you, but... And he left it there. They finished their meals and spent the rest of the evening talking about other goings-on in their lives. Politics and his upcoming international travel plans. After she got home, Ty spent the entire night thinking about how things could have gone differently. She'd had the same view of the field as the other girl, but when the ball was in her hands, she fumbled. Because the thing is, she wasn't used to having to run with it.
episode of of music and men was written and produced by me kayana now some of the music in this episode was provided by filmstro arranged and designed for this episode by yours truly now we also have music by unminus it was a track called jazz mezzo and we also had jazzy by liquid kind of funny with the whole jazz thing one of the things i like to do with this is to keep some of the uh, music signatures respective to the character and so with this being all about ty her favorite music type is jazz and r&b so we wanted to keep that signature you know what i'm not going to go into that here i'm going to do that in a q a how about that all right so Anyway, music for your word of inspiration is provided by Scott Buckley. Now, for more information on all of these artists and how you can support their efforts, you know how to do it. Go visit your show notes in your podcast app or go to ofmusicandmen.com and just select this episode. Now, of course, if you would like to have your music featured on the show, check out our website for more information on how you can submit. Of course, The Music and Men is so much more than just this podcast. The novella series is available in online bookstores. And if you wish to have yourself a physical copy, you can do that. Just You can get it on our website at ofmusicandmen.com, where you can also get t-shirts and other cool merch. Now, of course, the available episodes are one and two. And you're getting three right now. All of them are written. But of course, like I mentioned before, it takes time to do things in a presentable fashion for you. So support episodes one and episodes two, which are available right now in online bookstores and on our website, along with that merch that I just mentioned, support the show in those various ways. Now, don't forget to subscribe at Apple, Stitcher, or wherever it is that you're listening to your podcasts. And... Remember to rate and review. I'd love to hear what you're thinking. Now, lastly, connect with us on Patreon where you can become part of this journey in uh, everything that it was meant to be as far as this project is concerned. And of course, help it to grow. That is what we're trying to do. Absolute best. That is the number one goal is to reach everyone who would possibly love to hear this story. Now, make sure to share this some way, somehow with at least one of your friends and follow of music and men everywhere online at of music and men and when you do please don't hesitate to reach out artists and entrepreneurs are a very unique type i mean we face lots of rejection almost too often for comfort So whether you're a seasoned business owner or creator, aspiring to be one, or you're simply just here to hear yourself a great story, I want to always give you something to ponder until next time. Now, today's word is from Russell Wilson, NFL superstar quarterback and Super Bowl winning quarterback. Why not you? It doesn't get any simpler than that. Just three words. Now, Russell Wilson is a 5'11 quarterback. Now, you can't really, you probably can count on one hand how many successful 5'11 quarterbacks there are out there or have been in the history of quarterbacking in the NFL. But Russell Wilson is by far one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game, 5'11 or not. And his dad used to ask him, why not you? 
Success is going to happen for someone. Dreams are going to come true for someone. Goals are going to be reached for someone. Why not you? Why is that someone not you? Or why can't it be you? And I think that that's an important question. Just three simple words that we can ask ourselves that every time we go out there and try to do something or want to do something that seems impossible, it seems like it's for everyone else. But ask yourself, why not me? Why not you? Why not you be the one with a successful podcast? Why not you be the one with a successful reaching millions of people novella series? Why not you with a successful, great TV show? That's me. That's all my stuff right there. But you can ask yourself your, your own things. But why not you should be something we all ask ourselves. Or actually, why not me should be something we all ask ourselves every morning that we wake up, put our feet on the ground and just start to go for what we want to do. Why not you? Thank you.